This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news, today's talk. 640 Toronto. Uh, I'm very, very pleased to welcome on the leader of the Ontario Liberal Party. We've been meeting to chat with her. Uh, She is Bonnie Crombie. It's a pleasure to have you on Toronto Today as always, Bonnie. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me, Greg. Absolutely. It's, uh, I, I want to catch up with you on a lot of issues uh, within the party itself. I know you've been active. I know you've been busy. Um, today at 2 o'clock, uh, the provincial government will address uh, funding for colleges and universities. And I don't need to tell you um, what a mess we have here in Ontario. Some of it and some of the blame, according to some, lies at the amount of visas um, given out. But uh, we haven't Ooh. seen enough activity from the province, from the Minister of Colleges and, and Universities, uh, Jill Dunlop. Uh, what are you hoping you hear today? What would you press the, the provincial government to tell us later today? Well, this is a real problem. When we see 10 out of 23 universities in dire financial positions because they're not receiving the funding that they require, tuitions have been frozen and that's fine, but they also made it more difficult for our students to access OSAP and they made the requirements more stringent, but the schools aren't receiving the funding. Do you know that Ontario receives only about 30% of their operating funding from the provincial government, whereas in other provinces, it's upward of 60%. So, of course, they're using foreign students to supplement uh, their revenue. Uh, so what these we need to better fund our institutions of higher learning. We need to create a talent pool uh, uh, to, to meet the needs of our growing uh, labor market uh, and, and the talents that are required for the economy of tomorrow. I know you've talked to a, a lot of Ontario mayors, um, and I'm sure you yourself, as mayor of Mississauga, saw the impact of international students. And we want our doors to be open. We want immigration to be a strength of ours. But I've seen and you've, I'm sure you've heard all the anecdotes, all the stories, Bonnie, um, the, like we haven't been fair to these kids coming over from overseas, paying exorbitant amounts of money and not getting what was promised or delivered. No, absolutely. But this government slashed funding to the tune of about $1,200 a student back in 2019. And the colleges and universities um, have not recovered. As a result, they're leaning on foreign students. Um to supplement their revenue stream. And and you're quite right. There have been a number of bad actors that have opened up into business. It's very lucrative to attract foreign students to their, to their um, businesses. And that's what they have become just sort of, uh, factories for producing certificates. And that's not what we want for our post-secondary institutions. These strip mall uh, college, career colleges that give out certificates that don't have the resources, the capacity uh, for their students. They don't have the student lounge mm-hmm. or, or the residences that are required for adequate learning. Doug Ford got a lot of applause from people in 2019. He cut tuition by 10% uh, and he's froze it right there. Does he need to reevaluate the cost of tuition for Ontario students? Not, not the cost of tuition, but what he created a perfect storm was that he slashed the funding for uh, uh, per student funding for universities. And then he made OSAP harder to, to access. Uh, he cut it, made it harder to access for our students, and also made the, the borrowing more stringent. Uh, mm-hmm. They have less time to repay it, etc. So it's a real dilemma for our post-secondary institutions, and it's an embarrassment, frankly, in Canada. We are only pay- we're only subsidizing our post-secondary institutions about thirty percent of their operating budgets. We have provinces like 
British Columbia that are are paying over 60% of operating budgets for our post-secondary institutions. So uh, this is a recipe for failure. We need to train our young people for the jobs of tomorrow. And this this government is not interested in preparing our young people for the jobs that they will have in the labour market in the coming years. Bonnie Crombie is our guest, Ontario Liberal Leader on Toronto Today with Greg Brady. I'm glad you brought up the OSAP. I, I got OSAP in 1996 and 97 when I did my journalism degree, and I've looked at the requirements. They haven't changed that much, and life's changed a lot in 27 years, so we kind of need a bit of a revamp of who who qualifies and who doesn't. They are loans, after all, not grants. That's absolutely right, and these are the lifeblood of our students. I mean, we all we all took out OSAP loans so that we could go to colleges and universities, and as you say, the requirements have become more stringent to access money, and you and I, I think, will both agree that if you get the grade, you should go. Um, I want to ask you, I know you were asked a few questions about the carbon tax last week. I want to ask you about the gas and fuel tax rate cuts that the Ontario government put through. At the time, I was just mentioning the war in Ukraine. At the time, we were paying two fifteen, two twenty a liter at the pump, and Doug Ford cut a gas and fuel tax as of uh, going into the election, or said he would after the election. So that saves Ontarians 5.0 cents a liter, but that comes due June 30th. Would you advocate for that continuing or would you say, nah, uh, we should be paying more, pay that five cents and, and stimulate the economy? What would you do? Let's let, let, let's unpack everything you've said there. First, let me mm. let me send my sincere best wishes to the people of Ukraine. I attended a rally on Sunday to, um, to mark the two-year anniversary of the uh, invasion by Russia. And, of course, we stand with the people of Ukraine. Um, you know, this government needs to focus on the real priorities of, of Ontarians. And that includes making life of more affordable. Uh, Greg, often when I speak, I go into a crowd and I ask them point blank, is your life more affordable today than it was before Doug Ford? And the answer is certainly no, it's not. This government isn't isn't focused on the priorities of, of Ontarians. They're worried about stunts uh, and they're trying to deflect uh, from their failures, their flip-flops, and their reversals. So they need to focus on making life more affordable uh, for Ontarians. So if that means better rates for gas, for Ontarians, groceries, etc., that's what they need to focus on. Real lives of real people who are suffering, who can't pay their mortgage, who can't make their rent payments, people who are having trouble buying groceries because of the cost of groceries. I know you know the Premier was uh, in, um, and it's not a, a day doesn't go by when the Premier doesn't mention you. I, I would make the case, I, I would bet you other leaders, whether it's a Mike Schreiner and Marit Stiles, wish that Doug Ford would mention them every day, but you got to fend off those uh, shots across the bow. I want to play you some of what he said and give you a fair chance to respond about your housing record in Mississauga. Here's what he said. But there's one jurisdiction or one city in Ontario that's one of the worst in the entire province. Well, That's okay. Mississauga. Okay, okay. It, it has actually shrunk. You, you know our good friend Hazel. <laughs> She'd be doing cartwheels right now if she ever found out mm. that uh, the city of Mississauga actually shrunk. The only jurisdiction in Ontario with a housing uh, boom going on and with a population boom. How does that happen? I'll tell you, it's incompetence from, from the previous mayor. Okay. Is he accurate on that? Is that fair? <laughs> 
my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I wish she would have learned from Hazel McCallion and do your homework so you don't have to stand up and embarrass yourself by reversing 12 or 15 different pieces of legislation. My goodness. You can ask the people of Mississauga where they're satisfied here. We are building. We are booming. There are 30. The city of Mississauga has 33 cranes in the ground building, 12,000 units. There are over 80 thousand permits that are ready to be pulled some 60,000 of those as of right but the conditions are such with market conditions that developers aren't building they're not building everywhere they're stretched so yes they're focused on Toronto right now and they'll come into Mississauga we all know there are labor shortages and supply chain issues etc but there we are building brand new communities at the waterfront reclaiming brownfield land building public transit oh my goodness you ask the people of Mississauga, this city is on fire. It is one of the most dynamic, inclusive cities um, in Canada, let alone in Ontario. I know we're both tight for time. I know also you're looking for an available seat in the greater Toronto and Hamilton area, and liberals want to see you with a seat at Queen's Park. The Halton seat, are you closer to deciding on whether you'd run or not? Yes, Milton is a very real option for me. I'm looking at it very closely. Um, I'm very familiar with the issues that affect the people of Milton. Um, But at the same time, I have to balance that with the commitment I made to the party and Ontarians to get to know them. And they should really get to know me. We can see the premiers making a real concerted effort to paint me as some sort of person that everyone knows that I'm not. I'm personable and I empathize with people and I'm just uh, going to be that queen of people's hearts, as I said last week. And I want to go out and meet people across the province, especially in small towns and rural communities. And that's where I spent this weekend. And boy, oh boy, the turnout in those communities has been incredible. They want to get to know me as well. They want to hear what I have to say about my vision for this province. When would you have to decide by? Oh, I think there's a long, a long runway. I don't believe that pr- the premier would have to announce this seat until sometime later in the summer. So there's a lot of time to decide. All right, Bonnie, thanks for spending some time with us and our audience. Thanks I appreciate again it. Thanks for having me, Greg. Have a great day. There's Bonnie Crombie, Ontario Liberal leader, joining us. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. When he walks down the street, he smiles at everyone. Everyone that he meets calls him King of Kensington. How you doing, King? Okay, and once again, I'm like seven years old, and this might be before Hockey Night in Canada. I'm telling you, anybody of my generation, 70s kid, you grew up in the 80s, if you're going to make a CBC Mount Rushmore, you got to take the news and sports people away, like the Dave Hodges and uh, the Nolton Nashes. You give me a Mount Rushmore of CBC, you probably have Mr. Dress Up. You gotta have Bruno Gerusi. The fourth person, it could be anybody, but Al Waxman is on that Mount Rushmore of CBC. He starred as the King of Kensington on CBC television. He later had an eight-year run on CBS's Cagney and Lacey. Yes, I watched a good chunk of... Again, you got five channels living out in the country outside of London, Ontario. Um, So the legacy is amazing for Al Waxman. We find out over the weekend, and it must have been overnight Friday night going into Saturday, it's a front-page story in the Toronto Sun this morning, um, that his statue has been the latest target of what can only be described as as vandalism of an anti-Semitic nature. Um, The statue was hit with some graffiti, 
Um, it's no good. It's going to get cleaned up. Um, there were a couple people that responded. Um, the independent MP, Kevin Vong, for that uh, writing, responded quickly. Uh, haven't seen anything from a lot of other leaders, and that's disappointing. Waxman passed away in 2001 at age 65, left us too soon. But how would you feel if that was somebody that meant something to you your entire life? Our next guest about to tell us, he is the son of Al Waxman and kind enough to join us to give uh, his thoughts. Uh, Adam Waxman joins us now on Toronto Today. Thanks for letting us reach out to you and for uh, being on our show, Adam. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Good morning to you. How were you, how were you feeling when you found out about this? Well, I was disheartened and uh, disappointed. Um, I'm used to there being graffiti on that statue, and it's 22 years. I don't think there's ever been a time when it's not been vandalized. And, and so I'm not entirely shocked, but the, uh, this particular desecration with such uh, a vile statement as vote Hamas, I don't even know what that means. It doesn't even make sense, uh, is acutely offensive because um, being Jewish, I, I feel that attack at, an attack against one Jew is an offense against the whole Jewish community. And that kind of statement um, on this statue, uh, on Shabbat, across from a historic synagogue, in the heart of the most multicultural neighborhood of the most multicultural city, is really an attack on all of us and against the values that we all believe weave together the multiculturalism that makes this city great. And what is most disappointing is that there hasn't been a more vocal response from authorities against such an act of hate uh, that unnerves people and emboldens others to continue that kind of action. I mentioned your dad and what he meant to me watching him on television. So I, I instantaneously wanted to reach out to you when I saw that this happened. And I only know him from the show and from his interviews and from yeah. how, how the media perceived him. But he was somebody who embraced multiculturalism, brought people together and, and made the case I'd say, Adam, he put people on the show in the late 70s, early 80s that hadn't been on television before. Television was changing then where it just wasn't, I'll put it this way, all white and Anglo-Saxon. Your dad changed that. Absolutely. There had never been a multicultural cast like that before. And it was also such a launch pad for so many other Canadian actors. So Mike Myers, many of the cast of SCTV, uh, there's so many people. Uh, got their start on that show almost like it was Johnny Carson. You know, you you had to be on King of Kensington in order to make it. Mike Myers um, sold your dad fake raffle tickets while pretending to be a yeah. Boy Scout. I like that plot <laughs> angle. I was. <laughs> it works really yeah. well. Um, it, what do you want to see happen here? Clearly, you you'd like to see the people who did this get caught and and punished. Yeah, how would you not? Yeah, I would like to see that, but more importantly. Um, what I what's most unnerving is that, um, of course, there's a lot of rage about what's going on in the world, but there's so much misguided rage because there seems to be um, a, a, a vacuum of leadership. You know, this occurred in uh, a particular riding. Uh, where is the MP for that riding? Where is our mayor? Where is our prime minister when it comes to making very clear and uncomplicated statements that anti-Semitism, racism of any kind against any community is not to be tolerated and that there has to be accountability. That's the only way. And it's, it's really 
not something that we should be pushing for. It's something that we should expect automatically. There was uh, a very swift and unambiguous statement from um, from Pierre Polivier, mm-hmm. and uh, I appreciated that very much because he said very simply that uh, anti-Semitism of this kind is unacceptable. Uh, I'd like to see more of that. I think for so many people in the Jewish community, um, knowing that mm. um, there, there have been instances of uh, intimidation or, or burning down a delicatessen or waving political flags in front of the Mount Sinai Hospital, what does that do for anyone's well, cause? Well, I'm tired, Alan. I'm tired of the idea that all of these are just coincidences or accidents. They're not. Yeah. They're, they're targeting. Um, th- there are clearly Jewish landmarks and Jewish communities and Jewish stores that are being targeted. And I'll, I'll save the, the trouble, and, and I hope you'll allow me to, to, to do this. Um, we we got to stop with the this is not who we are. It apparently is. This has no Absolutely. place in our city. It apparently does. So, again— but- this is this is your old man. I know how I feel about my old man. It must yeah. make you incensed. It does, and you know, I it, it never ceases to amaze me that you know, from when I was a kid to even now, I never knew Al Waxman as a Canadian icon. I just <laughs> knew him as my dad, yeah. and that was everything to me. I'm very protective of that, and when I see something like this, I try to compartmentalize and not get emotional because uh, it affects me. But when I see the outpouring of support and respect for him that I've seen, um, it, it, it's more heartwarming than the initial incident was disheartening. And so that's a good thing. How you much know, I, 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 I want to ask you before you go, how much harder has it been to be um, a Jewish man in a Jewish family since October 7th? It's not been harder, but I've had to have certain conversations with my child. Um, that that I never knew I would have to have, and that we live in a time where there has been uh, so many uh, bold, brazen racial attacks against Chinese communities, trans communities, Jewish communities, uh, Muslim communities. So I have to have conversations with him about that. And that's not the Toronto in which I grew up, but that's the Toronto that we have today. Uh, it, mm-hmm. Can I leave you with one anecdote that I totally. think is uh, yeah. nice? There was um, one thing I was telling my son the other day. Uh, this is, uh, I was about seven years old, and my dad and I were uh, taking the subway to a Leafs game. We looked down the platform. There were a bunch of guys, three guys, shouting some pretty uh, nasty slurs at us. Uh, we get on the subway. My dad tells me, sit here and wait. I watch him walk down to the end of the subway car right towards those guys, no fear. And I have no idea what he said to them, but I watched their faces change. And I watched them shake hands with him. They looked at me, and then I heard them say, thanks, Mr. Waxman. Thanks, King. And whatever he said, I'll never know. But that kind of courage uh, and, and connection and respect is something that is sorely missing right now. We need that. And I, it's for reasons like that that I miss my dad even more because he was great and we need that. Yeah. He died at 65 and you lost him way too soon for the audience. L- let's stay in touch on this and uh, you're always welcome here. Um, and I appreciate you sharing those stories. We're not going to do anything in the next hour and a half more important than the story you just told. so I appreciate it. Well, I thank you so much for, for giving airtime to this because it's important mm-hmm. for everybody. We all need to feel safe 
in our own homes. Yeah, I hear it. Everybody from wherever we came from. I hear it. Um, thanks very much, Adam. You're welcome. You take care. Adam Waxman is the son of legendary TV actor and director Al Waxman. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. 640 Toronto. Uh, very happy to welcome on Toronto City Councillor uh, for Toronto St. Paul's. And he joins us now. Josh Matlow is back on Toronto Today. It's been a while. What have you been up to? <laughs> I've been I've been busy. We've had a lot going on in the city. We have. Um, now, uh, you made a, a, a tweet uh, put out Friday and said, family first, you're going to stay working at Toronto City Hall. But I have it on very good authority that you were highly sought after uh, to join the federal liberals. You can tell us because it's just us talking. Oh, how 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 aggressive was their pitch, and how much did you consider it? So first of all, it, I, it's it, it's it's funny coming onto your show to discuss something that I'm that I'm not doing rather than announcing something that I am. Uh, but you know, this <laughs> is uh, <laughs> but 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 you know, in reality, I, I think a lot of people when they you know hear about uh, people in political life, uh, the narrative is always about sort of what are they doing next. Uh, what positions are they taking? What are they running for? Uh, and often it, it has a lot to do with ambition. Um, in my case, uh, while absolutely I feel a calling to serve uh, the community that I represent and live in in our city uh, in, 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 in various different ways, um, I have an 11-year-old daughter who <clears throat> I think anyone who knows uh, that age knows that uh, the, the years are dwindling while they still even want to be seen with you, let alone <laughs> spend time with you. And um, I just made a decision that I don't want to spend half my year in Ottawa, um, uh, at least uh, uh, for the next few years, because uh, my family is very important to me. And I want to, I want to, you know, be here to tuck her, tuck her into bed at night. So for me, I think, you know, the biggest political question I had to answer ended up being very, uh, having very little to do with politics and more to do with uh, a quality of life uh, issue and, and really, you know, what, what actually makes us well and happy. And I'm, the other thing is I'm, I'm actually very excited about this new chapter at City Hall. Um, we have, we have big priorities to attend to, whether it be, um, you know, fixing our transit system, our subway is literally uh, uh, ending its 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 life, and it, we need to make sure that it's in good repair so that it's safe and that it's functional. Um, we have you know big issues to do with affordability and housing. There's so many different priorities that we need to attend to, including improving our services. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm excited about it. So I don't I don't really want to jump anywhere. Well, it's going to ask you, you've been a counselor for, you know, a good chunk of time. We're talking, what, 14, yeah. 15 years now. And and a year ago at this time, you're wrestling as well um, mentally and, and emotionally with whether you're going to run for mayor or not. And you would have announced it because you don't know that, that the, the thing the, that happened the yeah. month before with the prior mayor is going to happen. Right. So you're thinking maybe in 2026, but. You got shot like a few other candidates did, like a rocket ship into this campaign. Did that reinvigorate you at all for city politics? Not that it ever gets stale, but you know what I mean. Did it give you that extra um, that extra spice to it? Well, I think I think anyone who knows me knows that I was frustrated with both Rob Ford and John Tory uh, for a number of different reasons. And uh, you know, I, I saw the the former mayor, you know, go on radio, go on TV, talk about how everything was great and he was doing a great job. But behind the scenes, I was seeing uh, our services uh, decline. I saw our infrastructure erode. Um, 
our finances were left in shambles. And yeah, I was I was inspired to run because I I wanted to contribute to actually, you know, riding the ship around and making mm-hmm. sure that our city was working. And, you know, with this new mayor and this council, I do feel like I have an opportunity to contribute in ways that just wasn't possible under the former mayor. So, yes, I do feel reinvigorated now. And, you know, to, to, to answer your, your earlier question a little more directly, uh, yeah, I was approached by uh, friends of mine in the Liberal Party and members of my community about running. And I, I'm, I'm really honored by that. Like, I, I'm really touched by that that vote of confidence and that support, I equally had people in the community encourage me not to run because they wanted me to do the work that I'm doing at the city. Um, So at the end of the day, it was a decision that I just needed to give a lot of consideration to, you know, some long walks with my family and, and some discussions with friends and people in our community. And Ultimately, I just had to go with what felt right, and I, I feel completely at peace with the decision. I'm sure you see people in your writing, Josh, that also tell you, uh, we still want you to, to hold the current mayor in check. You don't agree with her on everything. You had some contentious back and forth at times during the election campaign in debates with her. So even though there's a little more, maybe a little more of um, uh, less of an, of an ideological disconnect, how do you hold the mayor in check and say, this is what we need? I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not all with you on this. Oh, and, the, and this is the this is the beauty of the city level of government, where we're not we're not running on a on a party ticket, and we are we have the freedom to be able to say exactly what we believe, advocate for exactly what we're convinced of, whether or not any other city councilor or the mayor uh, holds that same position, and I think that's really healthy. Um, so, you know, with with Mayor Chow, we get along very well. Um, and we have uh, frequent conversations about how to improve the city. We agree on many things, but where we have disagreements, I also appreciate that we can have a very honest conversation and challenge each other, and I think that's that's good for our city, and I'm going to continue doing that. I know you saw the details of the Auditor General's report about fraud uh, at the city level and, and waste allegations as well. Um, there's been some city workers that have called in sick and contracted elsewhere. There's been um, people that, uh, that have used sick days, like I said, to work shifts at another job. There's people using fake IDs. Um, how much does it boil your blood when you know the crisis you're in, you know every penny, let alone dollar, matters, um, and and people working for the city are, are, aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing at any given time? Um, it it infuriates me. Um, you know, taxpayers uh, just had to pay, you know, <laughs> a very significant tax increase for this year because the city's finances were left in shambles. Um, you know, I'm looking at a subway that literally is, <clears throat> it's falling into disrepair. I'm worried about its maintenance. Okay. I, you know, I'm looking at services that, that have declined for years. I'm looking at a city that needs a lot of investment. So when people rip off the city and rip off taxpayers, it, 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 it upsets, well, it more than upsets me, it, it pisses me off because it's one thing to say to Torontonians, we need to pay more to be able to fix the city. But then when people within our city are are literally ripping off taxpayers, that's not acceptable. But, you know, good for the Auditor General for bringing this to light. I'm actively supporting her work. And ultimately, you know, our message to anyone who tries to either waste money or defraud our city, um, we're, we're watching and we're going to come after you. 
Um, we had um, Al Waxman's son on, and I can't tell you how emotional it was to listen to him talk about how much he loved his dad. He lost his dad at 65. I know um, you're going to come around, for listeners who don't know this year, to your first Father's Day without your dad, who meant so much to you. Um, it was it, it was incredibly difficult to talk to him about the desecration to his dad's statue. Um, he was the king of Kensington. You're as Toronto a city councillor as there are. Al Waxman was certainly Toronto. Yeah. Not not to get you to use the words pissed off again, but I assume the same thing when you found out that this keeps happening over and over again here in Toronto in 2024. It's 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 yeah, of course, it's uh, it's it's it, not only upsetting, but it's just so sad to see a family impacted by by, you know, hate and vandalism when it comes to their dad, who is, a, you know, is and was a Canadian icon. Um, you know, there are there are very, very valid feelings and emotions and anger about what's going on in the Middle East. It should not turn into attacks on, um, you know, the memory of 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 people here in Toronto and in particular, uh, a Jewish Canadian who meant so much to to every Torontonian. He was the king of Kensington. Mm. And to have, um, you know hateful things written on on a statue that's supposed to commemorate him is is both hateful uh to to the jewish community to all torontonians uh who celebrate our diversity but in particular just think of that family uh who you know who's seen that happen to the memory of their dad it's just we shouldn't be treating each other that way and there's there are many many ways in a in a civil society to have very strong disagreements but that should come through conversation, not through uh, acts of vandalism and hate. I gotta leave it there. Um, I know people in your riding thrilled you're uh, you're staying and being their city councilor for years longer. Thanks very much for the time today on Toronto Today. Anytime, thanks, Greg. This is Toronto Today with Greg Brady. Toronto's news. Today's talk. Six forty, Toronto. Day one. Some of you are experiencing it already and letting us know. Day one of fair integration. Opening day for fair integration. Pay one price, tap one time, one bill on your credit card when you're taking the TTC and the go or the go and the TTC, um, either or. Real quick housekeeping note. Um, someone said I said um, via Twitter that Lawrence Fishburne won Best Actor for What's Love Got to Do With It. I did not. I know that he didn't. He was nominated uh, in 1993 and lost to Tom Hanks for Philadelphia. Knowing what I know now, I would take, I didn't question the decision back then, but Tom Hanks won two more Oscars. And I would give the Oscar to Lawrence Fishburne for What's Love Got to Do With It um, instead of Tom Hanks in Philadelphia. Philadelphia is Denzel Washington's movie. It's not Tom Hanks's movie. I'm sorry that's controversial, but it has to be said. Um, Sheba Siddiqui's with me right now. Have you seen Philadelphia? Um, barely. I, I barely remember. I'm old. I know. Ago. Okay. I cried in the theater. I've only cried in the theater three times. That was one of the times. Well, the, the other two. Um, uh, Toy Story 5, oh, 3, because my wife was crying because it was the first movie we took our son to at age 5, and it was about a kid leaving for university. She cried. She's in Florida right now. I can tell any story and I want And now about. this year, your son will be leaving for university. Correct. He's, I, I can't talk about the process. I feel like Harrison Ford, I'm not able to talk about the next Star Wars movie I'm in as Han Solo because I, I, I don't want to jinx it, and I don't want anyone from the various schools listening, but he's, he's taking interviews He's taking offers right now from universities. Many of his friends are like, I got into Brock. I got into Mac. I got into 
this school. Um, a friend of mine's kid applied accidentally to Laurentian when they meant to apply to Laurier. And they got into Laurentian, but they're not going. Sudbury's, Sudbury's okay. This is an exciting time, Brady. I know you're going to be emotional I'm about very, it. very, yeah. Oh, what was the third movie? Um, oh, gosh. Um, the movie... Star Trek uh, 2? <laughs> I did. <laughs> it wasn't Star Trek. It wasn't anything sci-fi. What was it? It was really... Oh my God! Okay, tell us tomorrow. Someone passed. Remember. Someone definitely passed away, or someone. I think it was somebody's Rudy? dad. Was it a sports movie? Was it Rudy? there's movies you can't watch, right? Like I, I find my wife's list of movies she won't watch is growing. Where if a kid goes missing, she won't watch it. If a kid dies, she won't. watch it. I won't it. watch that either. If a parent has dementia, she won't watch it because that's difficult for us with with um, how we lost her dad. I'm watching your girl right now, Nicole Kidman. That's the name of the movie. In expats. It's a show. Yes. And one of those things that you mentioned, I suspect is going to happen. So I may not finish the series. How many shows are you in? Uh, I'm episode. I'm halfway through episode two. Oh, Philadelphia. Neil Young has this great song that comes on at the end. And that reminded me when that song came on, uh, I kind of started crying. You're sobbing. Yeah. I, uh, and I, and I wondered what happened to like Denzel Washington. Did he get more cases after that? Did he become like one of Philadelphia's best lawyers? Cause he's kind of a hack. Who comes like it's like the ninth lawyer Hanks comes to for his uh, as Andrew Beckett for his discrimination case. Um, anyway, one of the schools that uh, um, my son may or may not be interested in is Toronto Metropolitan University, and you have a downtown story from. Well, the I was there downtown. I spent the whole day downtown on on Saturday afternoon, and I hadn't been down in a while. Uh, I w- went to see a show with some of my girlfriends. We saw Six the Musical. Then I went to Eaton Center with my ten year old daughter. We spent the entire day there before meeting up. Well, with my family for a, a comedy show, and we were at Young and Dundas Square, and there were this was, it was minus fifteen Saint, degrees. Soon to be Sankofa Square, that well, you could have got lost. <laughs> I'm not saying that. that it's not going to be that okay. square. And it was freezing cold outside, and we're in, we're in the H and M across the street. You know, there's a big the yes. store there, right? Yeah. We're in the H and M. It's nice and warm. This guy walks in wearing underwear and nothing else. He's got a shaved head at the top of his head. He's got long hair around the sides. And she, I could tell, she was just like, oh, mm. my goodness. And the security- Gord, you were home at the time. <laughs> yes, I was. was Get me out of this. <laughs> but you can tell he's clearly got a mental health issue. Okay, he's Gord, freezing. you were home at the time. He's freezing. <laughs> okay, sorry. And you know what? It just made me think. I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to. I, I, I stood there. She was watching him. She was taking it all in. Yeah. Security didn't do anything. Security was just watching him as he's, as he's going through the store. And then he did end up walking out, but it just made me think. I'm sorry, he's topless with just bottoms on? Yeah, underwear. Really? Underwear, that's it. He's got nothing up top? No, no, underwear, that's it. I have never seen that. And it was like minus 15 degrees, it was freezing, and he had nothing else. And he just walked out like it was nothing, like it was a hot summer day. And I just thought to Mm. myself, you're hesitant to send your son to TMU. I want my kids to get used to the new Toronto. I spent 10 years living downtown. I've seen it all. Yeah. You name it, I have seen it in alleyways, at night, in the day, everything. And I think it toughened me up. And I don't get scared or worried when I see things like that. Obviously, it's a different time. It is, yeah. I would say. You it know is how worse. scared I was the morning coming to Nathan Phillips when I that guy screamed you. at me and was Tell people really me. quickly what happened Well, there. no, I, the, the guy, I, I was making noise because I couldn't find our broadcast location in the truck the morning after the mayoral by-election. And I woke this guy up with my sillyly loud voice, and he was like, he was ready to go. Like he was he wouldn't have done incensed. anything sense. No, he, but here's the thing: because you're not, you, you were actually shaken up when I saw you. I were had a like, torn meniscus at the time. Also, this is what so happened. I him. 
And I just shrugged my shoulder. I'm like, oh, it's another day downtown. Well, remember I told you about the rats in the parking garage. That was even more frightening. They yes. were the size of small, small, the beauty, the perks small of tabby cats. Toronto.